0: Welcome to the first ever episode of Fail Forward. This podcast I've put together because I want to help people understand how we can turn failure into a positive. It doesn't have to be negative. It can be very positive and we can get great learnings from it. So when I decided I wanted to do this podcast, I wanted to do it properly. So I found um, the wonderful Amy Rowlandson to help me, coach me and train me into how to deliver a podcast in the best way possible because what I want to do is reach people that may be going through some tough times, maybe do dealing with failure, or maybe close to it and inspire them to be able to help people realize that we can actually take great learnings from failure. But what I wanted to do for the first episode is something slightly different because what I didn't want to do is just share my story and talk at you all for 45 minutes an hour. I wanted to get the information pulled from me. And what Amy does very well, she has her own podcast, um, which is all about finding your why and why we do things. And she is a fantastic um, presenter and she pulls out great questions. So what we decided to do for this first episode was to have Amy on and actually I'm going to be the person getting interviewed rather than the other way around. And just for some context, this podcast over the coming months, years will be a mix between interviewing people who have come through failure um, and what traits they've had and, and different qualities of that and what they've learned through failure. And also some solo episodes of different things that I've learned and we can probably deep dive into different sections of the times that I've had and experience and the things that I've learned through self-development and the failures that I've been through. So, are you ready to get this underway, Amy?
1: Let's do this.
0: Okay, let's go.
1: I think the first question, Henry, is not necessarily the why, but the, the part of why this is so important for you, what the the meaning of getting this message and this story out there will have for you and for all those who will hear it?
0: Okay, so um, when I went through the biggest failure of my life, which was losing my business and that business going under three years ago, I hit a lot of tough times with my relationship, with um, anxiety, stress, mental health. Um, And coming out the back of that and then learning from it and to the place I am now... Um, made me realise that life can throw curveballs and things can go wrong, but we can learn from it. And what I want to try and share is that to maybe stop people from getting to the point that I did where it went so bad, badly wrong and I hit massively rock bottom. And if I can help people who are maybe on the verge of that or have been through that to get back up and go again, um, to put it in perspective, I did a, podcast interview with Matt Rudman uh, about a year ago and it went out live on Facebook and after that I had an influx of messages from people who were in similar situations or had been through similar situations and were inspired by what I said and that is what inspired me to do this podcast because I feel like I need to share with people, help people, inspire people um, to to come out of the dark times to be able to push their lives forward.
1: So let's take ourselves back to as far as you need to to set the story in motion what was where where do, where do you want to start with what was the the pivotal part for this
0: um so it was from a young age um I, I didn't realize i didn't really understand failure and fail forward um and the reason why i say fail forward just to give some context is because i believe that failing forward is what is the positive it's the, it's that step one step back to take a massive leap forward. Um, And I didn't realise I was failing from such a young age and learning from it. So um, I was brought up um, by my mum and dad who um, were kind of one man band entrepreneurs. They ran different businesses from restaurants um, to um, my dad did a wholesale meat round um, workaholics, both of them. And they brought me up very much to have a good work ethic and my mum read a book by Richard Branson um, when I was about eight years old, So, you know, how, how to bring up entrepreneurial children. Um, so my mum decided, we lived in a, a little village outside Bereson Evans in Suffolk, um, and my mum decided that I could walk to school at the age of eight. So she dropped me halfway. Um, they showed me the, the walk the day before, which was a cut through a field, through a... Um, through um, a churchyard and into the school, which was about, um, I don't know, half a mile. And they showed me the day before, dropped me off um, at at the roadside to walk down this path. I got halfway down the footpath, came to a crossroads, um, a fork fork in the path, and I got confused so i got nervous my sister had told me the story about ghosts being down this track and i ran back the other way and decided to walk down the road whilst falling in a ditch and getting found by getting pulled out of it by a, a concerned mother so hence after that the um school phoning my mum up and being very annoyed with her that an eight-year-old child um was allowed to walk to school now my mum's a great mother so and back in, that was, what, 30 years ago. So it was a lot different times to where we are now. But what I realised now looking back at that, because my wife's always said, Henry, if you could make money out of knowing where you're going because you never get lost, then, you know, if Tom Toms weren't a thing, you'd, you'd make lots of money out of that. And now I realise that after that day, I got lost once and I, my mind learned from that. And after that, I always pictured everywhere I went, like I knew different situations and I never get lost. So from an early age, I was uh, failing forward because I ensured that that experience, I failed forward, but I didn't understand it then. Then I left school, I had a bit of a difficult time through school, I just didn't, wasn't very academic, failed all my GCSEs, went out to the world of work and just started working. Um, and again, just going from job to job, learning things and again, failing forward. But I didn't understand that at the time that i getting some really valuable experience from customer service, sales, working in different environments. Um, so that's sort of where I wanted to go with that That far. And then moving forward, I then decided to start my own business and that's when things got interesting.
1: So the learnings of, of your mother sharing that book with you in, in, in the action perspective of, of literally saying, this is how you get to school, this is how you're gonna do it, off you go. Those learnings, as you say, have been pivotal for you, because, but you didn't know it at the time. Knowing what you now know, how can you see you being a parent with your children in, from an entrepreneurial perspective?
0: Yeah, that's a great question because I've got a three-year-old and a six-year-old, Esme, who's six, and Ned, who's three. And we're always, my Esme, my six-year-old, is very independent and she's saying to me, saying to my wife, oh, leave me here, like halfway to school, mummy. I'll walk because she's very independent. But it's a lot more difficult in the day we live in because you wouldn't be able to leave a six-year-old or even the eight-year-old Henry back then. That would, you know, you'd get torn apart by social services for doing that this, this era. So we are always concentrating on that and thinking how can we give our children independence and have that cognitive behavior that we learn from from going out and playing in places on our own so it is a challenge and we're working on that challenge and it's um it's interesting but being i think certainly being aware of it and trying to give uh, esme and ned scenarios where they are still under under guidance but they are making their own decisions and and building up those behaviors of that learning from an early age
1: And it is about that, isn't it, about parenting and allowing them to have their own tasks and knowing what your tasks are as a parent and what theirs are as as individuals as well. So having failed all your GCSEs, that didn't stop you from, from working. It didn't stop you from becoming an entrepreneur.
0: No, so I filled on my GCSEs and I really didn't know um, what I wanted to do when I left school. Um, My dad worked at Luton Airport um, and different airports through his um, career Um, and he wanted me to go and work work in the airport and he wanted me to go and do different things and I just didn't really know. So I went into the careers advisor, as you do at school, and they said, what are you into? And I said, well, water sports, socialising. Going out my mates, you know, as you do as a 16 year old, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And they said, OK, well, the computer says go and do customer services. So I went and did customer services. I mean, there must have been a shortage in the UK because that must have been a default answer for many children at the time. Um, so I just knew I had to get a job because I wanted a car, I wanted nice things, I wanted to earn money, I wanted independence. I knew I didn't want to go to university or college because. I wasn't academic and i didn't want to go and waste years of my life learning something or getting thrown out of college or not not doing so well so i just wanted to get work experience so that's when i just went out um did a customer service mvq a power tool sales company and then went and bounced from different jobs, worked for Barclays Bank, worked for car sales, recruitment companies. Um, and then realised I didn't want a life of working in an office anymore. So I then went out and became a tree surgeon. As you do. As you do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the draw of, of someone said you can get paid to climb around trees. I was like, I, I used to love doing that as a kid. Great. Sign me up. Um, not realising how hard work it is, but it was a, it's a great job.
1: So is that where you are now? Is that what you're doing still?
0: No, <laughs> no, kind of. I run, still run the tree surgery business, um, but yeah, um, I haven't been out and climbed a tree in quite a few years now.
1: Okay, so let, let's go back to fill in the gaps. Where you were in terms of jumping from jobs to jobs and then the the business that went under, what happened in that timeline?
0: Okay, so my dad always said to me, "Um, son, I really wish um, I'd started a business younger. One thing you've got to do is start your own business, be your own boss and go and work for yourself. So as I was going through these different jobs, I never found a job that I thought, okay, this could be a business for me. And that really I was passionate about. But as soon as I got into tree surgery, I just knew that I could start a business in this. And it was touchable to be able to start a business um, within it. So... Um I worked for a few different companies over three years. Um worked for some really I from the age of sixteen I actually worked for some really terrible bosses. Some bosses that showered at you, others that bullied staff, including myself, um, you know, when things went wrong at work, just really aggressive kind of types of people. Um so uh, there's some more context to that later anyway. Um but I then was as a tree surgeon just told everybody that I met that I wanted to become my own boss and one day um, the business we were working for went under um, and I had a couple of months where I was unemployed and I got a phone call from one of the previous clients who said Henry you remember you told me that you'd like to start your own business well do you want to come and meet me and um, I've got an opportunity for you. So this guy, John Parrington, said, look, Henry, I can give you some work, but you need to start your own business um, and you'll have to go and buy a van and chipper. So we went and got a £15,000 loan, um, got a van and chipper, got someone to come and work for me. And we started working for John, doing some of his work and trying to find our own work. And I was age 24 at that time. And I kind of bumbled around for a few years, just doing bits of work for him. It was we, it was just around the uh, banking crash of two thousand seven, two thousand and eight. So the work was a bit tight for a while. I was young still, um, and then me and my wife got married at twenty seven, and I started getting more ambitious at that time. You start thinking about family, and my ambition was growing. So we grew the business, and I'd always wanted to have a business that predominantly looks after its staff, so a really good culture where the staff are key to helping me build the business and the staff are really well looked after. So at the time, we grew from 5 to 10 to 15 to 20, And things were good. Business was good. We had a contract with a utility company on good rates um, and we carried on growing to 25 to 30. And business seemed not easy, but it seemed pretty simple. And um, I had this business where we were taking the guys out for drinks. We were a good tight bond. Everyone got on the office team, the the guys on on site. And this business seemed good. And things were things were running really smoothly and then we grew more um, eventually we got to 47 staff um, and things then started to go wrong we had a contract that got changed from a nice rate to pricing um, we were having staff problems we were having problems with money um, and I pulled in a um, a coach who came and coached me, um, a guy called Dref Sprimpton, um, who was really good coach. He was part of Action Coach, um, who a lot of people probably know. Um, and I remember one of the first things he said to me is, can we see your cash flow forecaster, your profit and loss, and your balance sheet? And my face just went blank, <laughs> because I didn't know. I had built the business on what how my dad had brought me up, hard work. Um, No learning because I failed my GCSEs and when I failed my GCSEs, I closed off learning. I don't do learning. I don't do reading. That failed me. But what will work for me is working really hard. Um, So yeah, I had this big business that was failing around me um, because I just hadn't been doing what people should be doing and growing their self-development understanding and running a business.
1: And it's interesting that you said that your business arose from somebody else's business going under. Was that in the tree surgery business? It was, yeah. Do you know why they went under?
0: Um, yeah, the guy was who um, was running it was uh, he. He liked his booze. And he spent most of his time in the pub, not running a business, unfortunately. So um, I think he had uh, uh, the pub landlord actually investing. She invested a lot of money into him. And unfortunately, when you mix those, that's sort of those sort of traits together with with alcohol and, and not being on the point, then things don't quite go right.
1: It was just that I was just thinking that you were in an industry where you'd seen a business go under, but you'd You thought that was the reasons why, and you still still do, This is the reasons why it went under. But did you look any more into the financial side of things, of how he had been running the company?
0: No, I was so naive at that age. You know, I was so naive. I look back now and I even think, it scares me to think how I ran a business for so long with not knowing a lot of this stuff and not knowing a lot of the numbers.
1: So try and try and put yourself in the shoes at the time, without the knowledge that you now have, and without the the learnings and also the sort of personal development side. So you've got this coach who's who's taken you through the sort of numbers that, that you didn't have, and you've been building it on hard work. What happened next?
0: So uh, what happened next is that we actually started trying to scale the business more because we realized that the rates we had on the contracts we had were quite low. So we actually tried to push the business forward. We thought we could do more numbers, more quantity at a lesser rate, but then overall make money. Um, I then started doing a lot of self-development as well and learning, which was great because Jeff wouldn't coach me unless I started doing self-development. So I started learning and realizing there was a lot that I needed to learn. but ultimately, when Jeff came in, because it's no bearing on his, his coaching, the business was already in quite a difficult place. So we tried saving it as much as we could. Um, unfortunately, I say unfortunately, fortunately, my wife was pregnant with my second child, Ned, at the time. And that was extremely stressful. I was trying my hardest not to put stress on Sarah. Um, we had lots of loans with personal guarantees. Um, It was very difficult, so we tried trading out of it longer than probably what we should have done. Um, And we were trying to trade out of it and we had had a good couple of months. And then May 2019 came and we were coming into summer, which is generally for the tree surgery industry a bit quieter. It's not always hugely quieter, but because of uh, uh, the environment and nesting birds and things, generally bigger projects start to slow down. Um, and we had to bite the bullet and, uh, the company had to go under. So then I was faced with 200,000 pounds worth of personal debt. Um, and the, the, the figure that I'd lost, I'd failed and the business was going under. And that was quite difficult to take at the time.
1: Talk us through what was happening, what your emotions were at the time.
0: So, at the time, um I had um quit alcohol for about three months because I wanted to be focused because I really was wanted to make it work. I'm a very positive person, so I'd always thought and I'd always told my wife, "Don't worry, you know, I'll get us through this you know we'll we'll push the business on I'll make it work we won't it won't go under. We'll pay this debt off um but the emotions were that I, it's the realization of that actually I've got to put the white flag up. Um, I think it's um, Einstein that says the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And I definitely was doing that for quite for a while. It, just expecting that I just keep working, keep learning, keep working, and it'll get better, but it didn't. So there was a lot of emotion around that. Um, and then I was given a book about seven or eight months before. Um, by a guy that worked for me called David Masterton, who's now a friend. Um, he gave me a book called Black Box Thinking by Matthew Syed. And that is, if anyone's not read it, a book about the aviation industry, um, it's about the NHS, it's about a few other things and about how we can learn from failure. And I literally picked it up off the, off the side at home and went, I'm gonna start reading this now, just as the business was going under. And it was this massive epiphany moment that I suddenly realised this really tragically bad situation that's happening to me. I can actually learn from it. I can actually learn from this huge failure and I can put the steps in place to learn from it. um, And that it doesn't all have to be negative. Now, it was still a very difficult time. Um, Having that debt, we had to sell our family home. Um, We had obviously a newborn in Ned. I had my daughter Esme, who was three years old. So we had a very young family and we were having to move them out into rented accommodation. Um, Things were very difficult between me and my wife Sarah. We're still together now um, to tell the tale. Um, But I was sleeping on friend's sofas. As you can imagine, it was very tense at home. Uh, My anxiety was through the roof and... Um, I wasn't really sure how the future was gonna what the future was gonna hold for me. One thing I knew is that I had still had a lot of hard work and drive and determination. I just didn't know how we were gonna work our way out of that situation.
1: so knowing that you never get lost, how did you work your way through this?
0: Well, the first thing I did I wrote my I wrote a document what went wrong and then. I had to hold myself accountable and have some responsibility for what happened. Um, Jeff, my coach, he'd always talked about being above and below the line. If you're above the line, then you're, you're having accountability, um, responsibility. Um, if you're below the line, um, you've got blame, excuses, you're in denial. And I didn't really understand it fully until the business went under. I understood accountability and things but I didn't really fully understand it and when the business went under I realized that the only way I was going to get through it is if I hold myself accountable which at the time because we all have egos small or big but as human beings we all do and we never want to think think negatively of ourselves in a huge amount you know I know people have mindset challenges but generally we don't want to think badly of ourselves and the bit toughest challenge was actually saying, you know what, it's not that contract's fault, it's not the staff's fault, it's not the fact that, you know, my parents' fault or it's not that that fault, it's not these list of things that actually I had to stare down the barrel at, it's my fault, I was steering the ship and I was not good enough to steer this ship and I'm the reason why it went under. Which, it was that tough that it did suffer on my mental health, but without holding myself accountable, I would have just been ignorant and I would have gone off and done exactly the same thing again potentially and I wouldn't have learned from it so to me failure is about first of all having holding yourself have it, accepting it holding yourself accountable and then rebuilding from there
1: and what were the difficult moments At that time, you must have had all the people around you saying, I can't believe I've lost my job. You know, what's going on? All the other people, were they supporting you or were they pointing the finger?
0: So we had a very difficult moment with the staff where we had to lay, I don't know, 20 20 to 25 people off. And um, I stood in front of everybody and explained the situation. Um, Luckily we'd lined up jobs for them at actually a a company that was working in the yard next door to us or interviews for them, should I say. And I just had to put a heartfelt message to them through through face to face and just explain the situation. Um, Because we went for insolvency and we restarted the business um, by um, going through Sarah's name and going through the insolvency process, we actually kept nine guys on. but we had to go through the situation of laying the guys, the team off. But because of how I treated everybody through the whole time, and, my, and as I talked before about the culture and, and giving it some context of being treated poorly by previous bosses, because we treated people in a good manner, actually there were some tears, there was some emotion, but everybody left in a really amicable way. We've actually taken a couple of those guys back on since... Um, But it was done very amicably and everyone was just gutted because they could see how much it meant to all of us because of the the dream I had of creating this business. And over the time, to give some more context, I used to have a lot of people say to me, Henry, you can't treat your staff that well. It's not possible. You can't do it. You can't treat, you know, I had one local guy who runs his own business who just called them workers. They're workers. You can't let the workers have power you can't let the workers win. And to me, people are people, I, I believe in equality, and whether I'm the boss or not, we're all equal as human beings, whatever whatever position we're in. And to me that people that work for you aren't just workers, they're people with lives. And it really um, frustrated me because when the business went under, I could hear those voices of people saying, I told you so. I told you, you can run a business and look after your staff. But I refused. And I think that was part of my grit and determination to go again and start things again, because I refused to let that be true, that people would think that the reason why is because I treated my staff so well. So yeah, there was a lot of emotion um, around that. I never wanted to let anybody down. Um, And to owe money to people, to go through that whole process, to have defeat, It was it was tough. It took me that happened in June and it really took me till Christmas to actually get my mental strength back. That's to give some context of how long it took. And I certainly owe it to um, Sophie and Mike, who still work for me now. They really helped carry the business back in the early stages to get us back on our feet. We also had work from other tree surgery businesses who knew me, who would have built good relationships with, who gave us work to help us out when we were recovering. And it just shows how much if you are a good person, if you do hold your integrity, if you do build relationships with people, how much when the the chips are down, how much that will come back and help you.
1: And you mentioned that you had the voices in the head of people saying, I told you so. What voices do you have in your head now, Henry?
0: Oh, that we, we're doing it and we're proving it and we're proving because we still have a great culture. And if not, we've now actually really one of my what went wrongs was that we didn't have the culture fully implemented in the business enough and now that's even our culture in the tree surgery business is stronger than ever
1: it's fantastic and the the forward part of the fail forward what's what's happening next what's what's the big vision now for you
0: So for me, it's creating, um, it's creating a structure of network of businesses. So the um, tree surgery business is now um, systemized um, and managed. And I do um, a day a week in that business, um, having interviews with the key members of the team. So it's interviews, one to ones. And Um, Just keeping on top of the finances. And now I've got um, a service accommodation property business, um, a property investing business. Um, I do masterminds for tree surgeons so I can help other tree surgery business owners create uh, sustainable businesses. Um, I run a networking um, evening for property investors in Southampton. So for me, it's about creating um, multiple streams of income so I can do what I really love doing, which is helping people. Helping uh, people create the lives they want, um, helping people through this podcast, um, help mentoring people through their businesses, and ultimately, it's creating a network of businesses so I can give back to the local community. Because when I hit rock bottom, um, I met different, homeless people through Southampton um, who were just like me at one point, who had a business, who had a life, who had a family and lost everything. And I really want to be able to help the community with those homeless people, anybody who's struggling, who's on the verge of, of anything breaking and help people through because sometimes people don't have the right help to be able to get through. So my overall why and the thing that makes me buzz is generally helping and serving and helping people through life.
1: And if you cast your mind back to when you first started and all you wanted was to have a nice car and have nice things and have your independence and and have money and now you've got this very clear vision, would you change anything?
0: Not now because I think it was all part of the process of the journey. Um, I think from, from, from youth, from failing GCSEs and the journey I've been on. I sometimes get very frustrated. Um, you know, I look at people like Rob Moore who mentors me. He's been in business almost the same amount of time and he's, I don't know how many millions in front of me. Like I'm not even at a million, not even close. And he's, you know, what he's done. And it's very difficult in business because you always compare yourself to people. So it's difficult not to look back and think maybe if I hadn't made those decisions and I had done things differently from 24, then, I would be in a different place now. But actually, I feel like the journey I've been on overall has helped me become the person I am today because the henry before the business went under i wasn't an idiot but i certainly had an ego i remember staff members saying to me when I was, I was i was helping them do things because i was the guy with the cape coming into the business all the time disempowering them people used to say to me oh there's a reason why you're the boss henry and i used to think yeah there's a reason why i'm the boss and i used to sort of think yeah i'm i'm, I'm awesome because i'm doing everything for everyone and I had my dream board, which was super yachts and my dream cars were Porsche Carrera 911. And it was just all these material things. I had my family in the middle of it, but it was very material-based. Now, I still want some of those shiny things, but my when the business went under, my why changed completely. When I hit rock bottom, I really understood what I wanted to do and how I wanted my life to pan out from then. I realised things like... I wasn't spending enough time with the children. I was on my phone all the time. And it really made me realize that that's not a life I want. I didn't want to have a life where my business consumes me completely because I'm, I'm my main goal is money and then realize that 10 years have gone past and I've missed my children's childhood. So the answer to your question is no, I wouldn't do anything differently now. Um, but what I would like to do is try and help people ne- not quite get to the point of rock bottom like I did.
1: Yeah. What What was the difference between you and those other pe- people you met on the streets who are homeless? What What was the, the you said you mentioned it, it? might have been grit or determination. Was there anything else there? Um,
0: for what the the traits for me that sort of got me through it. Um, I've always wanted to win, and I know everybody always wants to win. But I've always had this really big, strong desire to win, and I hate hated losing. I used to play rugby, um, and I hated losing. I used, anything I used to do, I used to hate losing. And I think when I when the business went under, it felt like I'd really lost, um, and I just wanted to prove everybody wrong. It was that wanting to win. It was definitely wanting to run and have a business that looks after its staff. know those people those naysayers and doubters and i just i wanted to ensure that i proved everybody wrong
1: and do you see success and failure as being polar opposites or do you see them in a different way of interacting with one another
0: i see them um as a different way i think failure is a necessity for success because how can we truly evolve and learn if we don't have failures or lots of mini failures um You know, uh, it's uh, James Dyson created the first uh, bagless uh, Hoover and he created 5,126 failures before he had the 5,127th success. And now that's a multi-billion pound company and he's innovating all the time. You know, evolution is because humans for decades have failed. But... So I think you need to have failure to, to, to succeed because you learn from it. We're all learning. And the kind of point of this podcast is to not talk about necessarily about my biggest failure, which was a business going under, but actually all the mini failures that we can learn from and failure in the um, dictionary says lack of success. That is the definition of failure. But is it lack of success? (laughs) I think it's it's part of success. We're constantly evolving and learning all the time.
1: And you mentioned that you hadn't read much after leaving school. What have been the pivotal books for you after Black Box Thinking?
0: So um, there's a great book called Traction by Gino Wickman. Um, Then there's a Compound Effect, which is an amazing book. Um, Most of Rob Moore's book, Money, uh, start now, get perfect later. Opportunity, um, and and if you're into property, all of his property books. And then it's where he he talks about. It's the it's the most famous business book. It's where she he talks about um, the lady in the cake shop who ends up being in a job. Um, yeah.
1: So the E Myth revisited.
0: The E Myth revisited, and then Think and Grow Rich. But I could yeah. I could list them for for days because since <laughs> yeah. then I try and read. Try and read one book a week, but it depends on the size. Sometimes it's one a month. And then what I do to really compound it is if I find a great book, I'll read it and then listen to it on, on when I'm driving around. I've listened to Black Box Thinking about five times now because it just every time you, you um, read it or listen to it, you learn something new um to the point that my desire for education now and information um i'm actually through a network called only networking um starting a book club business book club in um in may because i also think like everything in life we as humans we see and learn things differently and the idea is that we get like-minded people who want to develop their business business knowledge and self-development together and actually, if we can bring that knowledge together, people can bounce ideas of how we learn the different parts of books together. So, yeah, we're launching that in May because I, I think for me, the success that I've had now since the business went under is strongly down to the amount I've learnt, Because before I was doing it all on hard work and that just wasn't. Backed up with the knowledge, and that was the key thing. There was the knowledge, and I didn't know the numbers enough. And they're my two biggest learnings from the business going under that I needed to develop myself. I think Brad Sugars, you can't said you can't out earn what you learn, so you need to learn to keep earning more and keep going up. Rob Moore says, you know, another a new new sorry, new level, new devil. You know, you solve one problem and you to, to get a bigger problem. And to deal with those bigger problems and to keep going up, we need to have self-development.
1: So with the E-Myth sort of philosophy of working on your business, not in your business, and, and all of the different learnings from think and grow rich that we, we know, one of them is having a definiteness of a definiteness of purpose. And then there is the the compound effect and the traction. Traction was fantastic because you've got the operating model that is shared in that book, which is really phenomenal for any entrepreneur building a business. What would you say is the advice that you're you're sharing now about fail forward? What would be the strap line that comes with that?
0: So uh, the strap line would be that um, failure is only a negative if we don't learn from it. So if we fail and we blame excuse ourselves and we don't learn from it then that's when i'd say failures is a negative so i i would say the strap line is is fail forward learn from it and 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 evolve and then to put some more context into what you're talking about traction i've highlighted my four pillars of a sustainable business which i believe If you put these four pillars within to your business, it's got every chance to stand the test of time. And that is number one, numbers. Number two, systemization. Number three, sales and marketing. And number four, culture. Now, there's lots of other factors within the business, but I think if you can really master those four pillars, then that will give you the best chance to be part of the top 10% of businesses that survive 10 years rather than being the bottom half which fail. So I'm going to talk a lot more about that in some in-deep dive episodes of the solo episodes coming up. So that's what I want to share with everyone, but that's all taken from my learnings when I wrote that what rent wrong, wrong document. That that was some of the things that I learned the most which I've now implemented into the businesses that I run which is now creating success.
1: So when was the last time you had a conversation with Jeff?
0: Um, I bumped into him at a golf course a few months ago, but we were too busy to chat. But I do need to catch up with him again.
1: Yeah, it'd be great for to sort of, does he know where you are now again?
0: Um, I'm pretty sure, yeah, we we sort of, uh, um, he sees me on Facebook and different places. I do share quite a lot because I'm quite comfortable with vulnerability. So I'm always sharing my story and things that are going on.
1: Because it's, it seems like quite a fast transition. And what we, we haven't talked about is the fact that you have come all the way through this journey during a lockdown period yeah and so having it gone down in 2019 and then the rebuild has been during a difficult time worldwide
0: yeah so when the actually when covid came along I was I had about a week where I actually didn't get out of bed for about two days because I was so anxious that It was all going to I just I'd started in January after me getting out of my really bad headspace and I was focused. I quit alcohol. I still don't drink now. It was the best thing I ever did. Lockdown helped me with that because I went into lockdown not drinking and it gave me a good nine months of not drinking. So I put that down to one thing that helped me. but I was very focused and I hit the ground running in January and my job was to create leads and, and and do the sales and marketing within the business. So when lockdown came along, it was scary times. But fortunately, Boris said that if we can't work from home, then we can go to work if we do essential work. So as tree surgeons, we were doing health and safety tree work for highways, MOD sites and, and other, other commercial clients. And actually, we had... A very fortunate COVID where the business actually worked, made some really great profits through that time because we were more efficient and I also had more time to be able to be around the family and yeah it, I think for everybody through COVID one thing it did give us in a positive way is I, I saw a lot of people that got to spend more time with their family and reassess life and see what we want so yeah I, I, I was fortunate through that time and I'm not sure how I would have coped with another knockback if we'd have gone into a full lockdown.
1: So now you're spending more time with your family and you've got the striking the balance that you you were looking to achieve right at the beginning and you are systemizing your businesses. It sounds like you've got it all sussed. What's next?
0: <laughs> I wouldn't say I've got it all sussed. I've still got a lot to learn. Um, but what's next is 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 it just ensuring I'm implementing my four pillars through my newer businesses because... We're getting there with, with with HRG tree surgeons, but the service accommodation business we're now managing, uh, running and managing nineteen units, and that's still very much in the early stages of those four pillars. Um, same with the properties and the mentoring and networking business. So a lot of time still in the trenches. I still believe that. You still, with any business at the early stages, you need to jump in the trenches and there'll be some late evenings and and different times. But the one thing I've done is now it's non-negotiable that I'm at home in the morning. So I spend the first couple of hours before school with the kids, getting them up breakfast and getting them out. So that's one of my non-negotiable things. But what's coming up really in the future is launching this podcast, which we're doing now, trying to get um, the word out there and helping people and inspiring people to fail forward um, I'm hopefully going to write a book in the next 12 months, which will be around my story and failing forward. And then it's just growing the businesses and, and getting involved more with with charities and helping local people around Southampton.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. And the podcast as a medium is incredible because you can reach more people thinking that this isn't just a UK based environment that you're going to be helping why the podcast why why not just do facebook lives or, or or go on youtube what is what is it about a podcast medium that you like particularly
0: well as you say it's just getting it out there um into the world the fact that people can go and listen again um, hopefully I'll give deliver some great content in the coming months and years so people can go back and listen again save different episodes to be able to use to be a, in different times to of their business because we're all at different stages so yeah it's, it's just the fact that I can build an audience through the podcast and have those digital assets that people can listen to again and it's not just gone because Facebook Live can just be gone. You can listen to it and, and they're great. They get good reach. I know people get great numbers from Facebook Live but once it's done it's done isn't it unless you go back and search through it. So the fact that it's there and people can go back and listen to episode one to whatever they want to I know I certainly do it with a couple of Rob Moore's and a couple of other people's. So I'll, I'll have them saved and go back and listen to them again because there's some really good content within them.
1: Amazing. And I'm sure you're going to be sharing as, as you go along some of the journeys in more detail so that you can really help people walk through how you went through some really difficult and, as you said, dark times.
0: Yeah, certainly I'm going to be picking different times and scenarios and going through them. Lots of things that I would advise not to do that, that I learn. And then also the thing, the good things and the positive things that I've done that will help people um, and hopefully put some context around that as well.
1: So what do you want people to do right now, Henry? They've listened to this episode. And what do you want them to do? Do you want them to reach out to you and share their stories?
0: Or Yeah, I'd, I'd like people to like this podcast, share it, subscribe to it then um, I would like people to yeah, reach out to me um, and get in contact if people are going you know want to share share something if people are listening to us and think they want they've been through something similar and they want to come on the podcast, then I'd love to be able to share people's stories and, 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 and dive into those and you can connect with me on Facebook or LinkedIn
1: amazing well it's been a privilege hearing your story and i know that it's been a difficult time and but it's so important for you to share this fail forward story so thank you henry
0: well no thank you and thanks for inspiring me because actually you inspired me to launch this podcast a lot quicker than we have done when we had that chat on the mastermind when you said no you need to get your story out now um and i thank you for that and you've been absolutely awesome in training me and the pod we're in as well so if you'd like like to share your details so if anyone would like to launch a podcast or even have some coaching around your why then i would strongly advise you to get in contact with amy
1: oh thank you yeah amy is the easiest way to, to find me and if you want to listen to the podcast it's focus on why
0: awesome fantastic
1: henry before we go have you got some final words to summarize how you're feeling about fail forward
0: I'm feeling really excited. Um, I'd just like to say to everybody, if you're going through a tough time at li- in life right now, you can draw a line in the sand and you can, you, you can fail forward. Just keep going. Don't ever give up. There is a caveat with that. There is that saying that we said at the beginning, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. So sometimes it may be, re readjusting that word pivot that people talk about in business it's maybe going something different but don't ever give up that's one of the things don't ever give up don't ever go back Would go forward fail forward and i inspire everyone to try and fail forward